pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great, too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Seven six five four three two one. Hey guys, this is Liz Cambay. This is Nikki Collin. What up guys, this is Essence Carson. Hey, this is Imani Media Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Angel Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. WNBA Nation. Hello again. And when we say WNBA Nation this time, we truly freaking mean it because we have a season two kickoff. I'm Steve Schwartzman. I am currently flanked. Uh, by Logan Jones and Jason Snow. Logan, Jason, how be? Yay! It's that time. Doing good. And we don't know yet. This this feels like a um like a Goldberg is on his way to WCW Nitro. <laughs> is he going to be here? Is he not? But we do have uh the high potential of an appearance by one Kyle Haywood. We don't know yet. He's potentially en route to a studio. He's uh, his availability has changed. My sources are telling me that uh, it's fifty fifty game time chance that he may arrive before the end of tonight's recording. Um, but there is a chance that he'll be out for the duration. Uh, and we'll have more information on you. Uh, we'll go to Holly Rowe on the sideline with more information as we get <laughs> that, it. That makes it sound um, like Kyle is in peril. He's fine. He's not. He's, he's coming back from a he's meeting. Fine. He's safe. Everyone's safe. We're fine. Uh, we hope you guys are doing well. Friends, the 2023 season is upon us. For listeners, if you are listening, depending on when you are this weekend, the season's already started for you. But we are, as we record this, at the eve of the WNBA season. How are we feeling? It's crazy that it's here already. Um, and at the same time... I think it just, the off season seems to go a lot faster when you really soak yourself into the, the, the college game. Like I think we did a better job of this past year. So I, I know I paid a lot more attention to the beginning of the college season in the fall, enjoyed myself a lot. This March madness, knowing a lot more about what teams were a part of it. And then as we always do, suddenly we were like, Oh wait, a week from the end of the tournament is the draft. And a week after that is like training camp. And now here we are. So. Uh, again, if, if this is like your first time listening to the show or, or this is your first season with us, you've been listening for a couple weeks or something like that. Um, this is, uh, this is it. This is what it sounds like. <laughs> so absolutely. No, it's interesting. The, the window is so quick. I always think back to that 2008 season we've done a history on where 
Candace Parker won a national title, got on a plane, and the next day was drafted to the Sparks. Like that timing is nuts. <laughs> yeah. But this this isn't much different. But Jason, we are we're on the eve of the twenty twenty three season. How are we feeling? I'm excited. Um this is uh it, there's a long build up to this. Like you, you guys were just talking through it, but um, you know, really starting in kind of January, February as we start approaching conference tournaments and stuff like that, there there's this eye that we have on like this is where it gets started and one of the big landmarks of that is kind of the start of the WNBA season so um you know it's it's right up there with uh with Christmas and Hanukkah and all the other great holidays of the year this is a uh, beginning of the WNBA season is a lot of fun and it marks a, a fun time for us because I'm going to talk to you guys like twice a week for the next like three months it'll be a lot of fun so it's uh I'm excited to get started great oldies I love it yeah this is uh definitely a stuck time, which is interesting because I think if you listen to last week's episode, myself and Logan, you'd think we weren't looking forward to the season in a weird way. But just a lot's happened. There's a lot to detox. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we're here to talk about basketball. And we finally have basketball to talk about. I don't, guys, I don't know if you guys know this, but for the first time this year, we have professional basketball taking place. It's happening. <laughs> uh, it's time uh, to make that happen. Um we're not really going to dive into much anything else. This is our prediction time. I will say really quick, I'll just go down a couple pieces of gauntlet things so that it's out of the way. I don't even know that we're going to discuss it. The WNBA is still and will continue to be in heavy need of expansion until it happens. The level of quality rookies and, and young players that have been waived is absolutely ludicrous. We need a team in Canada as soon as possible because they had possibly one of the most successful showcases the league has ever needed. Uh, which was fantastic. Becky Hammond's going to be out for the first two games of the season, and the Aces probably deserve it and potentially might deserve more. We'll see how that continues to play out. Uh, we hope all the best for Derek Hamby as she continues things with the new team. Lots of new faces in the league and transactions continuing to happen, so the roster structure is going to be especially interesting. Four teams are going to be entering with new jerseys. Three of them are bad. Did I miss anything in that roundup? Uh, I think you nailed it. That was actually super impressive. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, and we'll I put that on I, TikTok if, as a league in a minute type of a thing. Yeah, if, if you're hoping <laughs> for more details about specific teams, today's episode is predictions based, and we're all going to talk about like I, I know at least two of us have our one through twelve written down. Um, so we're going to talk about every team anyway. So don't worry, we'll get around to it. Absolutely. So this is our predictions episode. We're going to dive into some individual awards. We're going to talk about how our seedings are going to play out. And then we're going to close things out by predicting uh, your 2023 Commissioner's Cup winner as well as your WNBA champion. Um, as you know, we take these predictions very seriously. We expect you to scrutinize them as heavily as possible because we believe that they are gospel and will happen exactly as we predict them. We have full confidence in them and would stake our claim and our finances <laughs> on, we, on these predictions. Can we get the uh, the Mona Lisa drop? The I have never done anything wrong in my life, in my life. ever. <laughs> Money, please. That's how I feel about our predictions. Um, I have done nothing wrong ever in my life. I know this, and I love you. I love you too, Daddy. Money, please. My money. I thought I thought your Mona Lisa drop was just how everyone's online recently has been suddenly coming out about how the actual Mona Lisa painting is overrated. Apparently it's just <laughs> not worth the crowd at the Louvre to look at. 
And I'm just like, what a weird flex well, to tell you have been to Paris. I don't, I don't hang out on those uncultured corners of Twitter, so I didn't know that was <laughs> oh. going on. But <laughs> oh. I'm just, I'm in the spot of, I, I'm pretty much right now strictly in between like Ted Lasso and Succession clips. That's where, <laughs> and I don't even watch Succession. They just, what seems to come up. Uh, Logan, I'll pick on you this go before we hit predictions. Do you want to give our listeners a quick roundup of where they can find us and stay connected with the program? Sure, I do. Uh, you already found the podcast, so congratulations on that. If you haven't All yet right. left a five star review, please do so. We'll read them on the air, give you some shout outs. We love that. Uh, we also have a website, WNBANation.com. Uh, we are always committing to adding more stuff onto the website, and then stuff tends to come up, but we do have. An episodes tab with all of our latest episodes if you want to find them there. We also do have a blog, which we will endeavor to update throughout this WNBA season. It's got our Twitch link. It's got our store link. So if you see us with cool shirts or mugs or stickers or anything like that, that's where you can get those. And then contact-wise, at WNBA Nation Pod, virtually anywhere that you can be found. We're on Twitter. We are on TikTok. That wasn't just a joke earlier. Um, we're hip. We're young. We're into it. We're we're with it. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we don't we don't do the millennial pause or we're good about our vocal fry and all that stuff. Um, we knew about the Bonita meme uh, for several weeks, <laughs> even. Uh, I actually no, really like will, that one. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a funny. But we will be trying to to update to our throughout the season. We'll probably be updating our TikTok more and more clips of the show, other insights. Uh, fun stuff there. Um, but Logan, thank you so much for the rundown. Um, definitely stay connected with the show. Let's go ahead and get to the nitty and or gritty uh, of things as we dive into it. Uh, we've got three of us here. We will see if we get an appearance from Kyle Haywood. He loves a dramatic entrance, as you guys know. He's really very much about himself. Oh, uh, if yeah. if there's one thing you need to know about Kyle, if you've never met him before, it's that he is so selfish. Um, <laughs> a fault. <laughs> just there's no one that is more uh i've i've never met more of a jamie tart in my life than, than Kyle just, okay who would if, if you guys are good with it i'm, I'm gonna if he jumps on the call I'm going to give him some play on music and it's going to be the Toby Keith. I want to talk about me. I want to talk about I want to talk about That's Kyle's music. That's Kyle's walk on music from now on. We're literally. Can we just do that drop in any future episode where we introduce Kyle? We're like, Kyle's with us. Hey, Kyle. We just automatically throw that in there. It's always fun to pick on literally the nicest human being of his whole life. He is such a good person. It almost docile to a fault. Um, no, I, uh, that, so we'll see if Kyle hangs it up. Uh, but if, uh, we don't see him, uh, I still have, I actually do have most of his predictions here. He sent them over. So we will be reading those off. So I'll have him last in the rotation just to be nice and we'll see how it goes. Uh, but to, to play court with you guys, as far as individual words, do you guys want to start? Straight up with the MVP and work our way down. Do we want to go a different route with it? What order do y'all want to take? I'm good just going straight with MVP. It's, yeah. It's it's yeah. the top of my list, so I'm fine with that. Um I'm gonna go I'm gonna start this one off just in the order of who's on my screen, which is how everyone does any of these questionnaires in that makes meetings. Sense. 
Yeah. So Logan, you're next under me. So why don't uh, you take it away and let's hear who you've got for the 2023 WNBA MVP. All right. Well, there's going to be some bold predictions on today's episode. This I don't think is going to count as one of them. Uh, there's really, it's, it's been a two horse race the last couple of years in the league. It seems, uh, between Asia Wilson and, and Bree Stewart, Asia's won two of the last three years. Uh, so I've got Stewie. That's, that's basically what it came down to. The, the Vegas odds are virtually identical for both Asia and Stewie. I think Stewie has a slight lead just because probably more people in New York are really excited about betting on it. Um, but I, I, it's going to be one of those two. It just feels like it. And, uh, I, I wonder if maybe because uh, both teams are really stacked, but because the aces are so stacked and they added even more talent, like two big names in the offseason, I wonder if maybe Stewie will get a little bit of an edge just because maybe there will be some Asia Wilson fatigue in the voting. Um, so I tried to consider like maybe that will influence it, but ultimately it comes down to Stewie's really good. And I think she's going to have another MVP in her career. So why not make it this year? 100% feel you on there. Makes a lot of sense. Um, never a bad idea. Even super teams aside, that's one of the safer, just like if you're going to call it a name, it might as well be Bree Stewart. So Logan, you've got Bree Stewart MVP. Jason, who are you taking? Uh, so Logan is probably right. I did not calculate in uh, voter fatigue, and that's because I have a very particular formula for the MVP uh, prediction. So I didn't calculate that, but that probably is going to end up leaning it his way. But I first find out who do I think will be the best team at the end of the regular season, best record. And for me, that's Las Vegas Aces. And then my second question is, who's the best player on that team? Uh, so I've got Asia Wilson bringing in for another. This, yeah, is, this is Kelsey Plum erasure. <laughs> how, how dare you? This is Kayla George eraser. Like, that's like... <laughs> Oh, bad. No, um, it makes complete sense. And you guys both kind of fed into my pick pretty well because I agree with you guys. I think this is becoming kind of a two horse race. You're looking at Stewie and Asia are, are probably the, the front runner teams on two of what are probably going to be the best teams in the league this year. And so I've weighed this back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I finally concluded that the MVP is going to be Elena Deladon. Yeah. Because, yeah! <laughs> um, I, I think for the sake of fun in some ways, but I'll say this. If there is a third potential horse in this race, if you're thinking there isn't one and there almost isn't one in some ways, but if there is one team that could mess things up, every time I look at that Mystics roster, I really like what I see. It makes I think me they so have the potential to make that. a lot of noise. And also, this is really the first year, possibly since 2019, we are getting like, like EDD with a full throat, full health, yeah. ready to come in head first and put the work in. Um, you have Natasha Cloud who has risen herself to superstardom in that time. I can see the Mystics being good, but this isn't about the Mystics. This is about Deladon herself. I expect her to be defensively sound and I could see her being possibly one of the most pivotal late game players and obviously one, she's one of the best offensive players in the league. Let's forget the last time she won an MVP was her being one of the first players, male or female in a long time to hit. I always forget what the stat is. The 40, 50, 90 stats. Yes. Yeah. 40% from three, 50% from the field, 90% from the free throw line. Um, and I think this is going to be a big uh, return case for her. I could see it absolutely happening in the event that MVP voters are looking at the crowded stardom 
in Vegas and in New York and put stock in that. Uh, if that narrative plays a role here and there is a player who is going to be the face of astounding success for a team, I see it being Daladon. So I like it. That's that's Where awesome. I, it. I, We've got I know I, yes. I probably shouldn't shout into my microphone when you announce picks. I don't know if Jason's going to edit that out or not, but it like it actually got me really excited thinking about the like the type of season that would need to have like that Washington would need to have in order to make that happen. I think is one of the outcomes that is on the table this season, and it's a very fun one. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's, so that's I, kind of what I came down to me. Wouldn't that make for fun basketball? Um, and that's kind of where my head's been at in a lot of ways. So Lenny Delton, um, and guys, it's really a shame Kyle's not here. Cause if you thought my pick was out of the blue, Kyle's taking Neko Gumake and yeah. I just so badly want to hear his take on it. I'm here for it. I love that idea. Does anyone here want to take a stab at where I, this is coming from? At all? So I saw that this was his pick, but I don't, I haven't seen his one through 12. Does he have like does he have LA finishing like maybe he's just like I'm a believer man NECA I, and Kurt Miller is all the way there's to the top. one there's one other take that supports that I think he has the sparks in pretty high stock I'll put it that far okay um, that because that would explain like I think yeah, they're yeah. gonna go far and she's gonna be the, I don't the have his one twelve on me it's what I'm missing but I would be shocked if he didn't have them in a good spot because. There's a couple things, well, at least one other thing going on in his predictions that tells me, yeah, he he they have to have a good level of success if what he's saying happens happens. Um, just just so if, you know, yeah, just just we're not a we're not a betting show. We don't give betting advice, and none of us gamble at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Vegas odds for MVP have Stewie at plus two seventy and Asia at plus two ninety. Those are the best two odds, and they're virtually identical. Uh, they do have Deladon on the list at plus eleven hundred. And Neko Gubuke is also on the list at plus twenty two hundred. There you have it. So not not off the charts crazy. I like the bold. I like bold takes. Yeah, just yeah, just, no, I, just if you want if, to put a number to it. If I have a reaction to Kyle's pick, it's just that like I I think I, I agree with you guys. I think what he's seeing is I think he's seeing Kurt Miller taking LA to maybe the three spot in in terms of his his one through twelve, uh, and therefore kind of earning. That uh, that MVP for NECA. That being said, I think Kurt yeah. Miller's system is going to take more than one year to bear fruit in LA. I yeah. don't, I don't think it's we'll an overnight see, type of a of a thing. We'll have to see how that plays out, but I'll definitely say, based on even just these MVP picks alone, I think Kyle has to have the same brainwave that I have with Deladon. In that, uh-huh. like, he's probably putting them in that same prowess and and Ogumke having which. I'll say this about Kurt Miller. Um, the the Sparks lost, you know, a, a handful of stars over the years, and they've maintained NECA really as the face of a of a new face team. Um, and if I know Kurt Miller well enough, there's always reasons for that. And so I think he really believes in NECA to be the absolute face of that team. And that's kind of a mark that hasn't been hers in a while probably since she was last MVP and I could see him kind of unleashing her. So I think there's potential to see that narrative somewhere, whether or not that comes to fruition, we'll see, but I do really like the pick. I I think it's a spicy and a fun pick. And it's another one that would be pretty sick if it happened because it would, 
it means we're in for some fun Sparks basketball. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't involve Derek Fisher, um, which is really nice. So to review our MVP predictions, Logan is officially taking Brianna Stewart, Jason, Asia Wilson. Myself is taking Elena Deladon, Kyle taking Neko Gumake. That had a lot more parody than I expected. Yeah. That's exciting. I'm going to roll right into the next pick, and I might make this quick on you guys. So yep. I'm simply going to ask it this way. We're going to talk about the rookie of the year. Does anyone – is anyone here taking anyone who isn't Aaliyah Boston? I am not taking Aaliyah Boston. Oh. Yay! Jason, you're going to start things off. All right. Give it to us. It, it may not be as spicy or fun as a take as uh, as you guys want it to be. Uh, I'm going with Diamond Miller because, on principle, I cannot gotcha. vote for Indiana to get anything nice. <laughs> a strong okay. argument has been made in favor of Diamond Miller. Really solid logic. Um, gosh, I get it, too. I do. I get it. And I can't explain yet why, but I do think the diamond pick is pretty solid. If, if, if the, if, if Indiana has the flattedness of success as we might be expecting and her performance comes with it, or if people just look at it and be like, I couldn't possibly give this team. Yeah. I mean, like you're voting anything. for a rookie of a year on a team that's going to win maybe four games. Like it's just, that's, that's going to be hard. That's another good point. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, but I'm glad Jason, I'm glad Jason yes. actually officially has this down. Um, I was wussy and I thought about putting Miller and then decided not to. But if if I would have gone back and listened to our episode where... So we've interviewed both of these players um, during the college season. If you go back to... It, it would have probably been October, November at this point. But you can find interviews that we had with both Miller and Aaliyah Boston. And they're both amazing to talk to. I was really impressed with Miller going into this uh, season where she was with Maryland on, on kind of a new look Maryland team after suffering an injury. And she had such a good year that just isn't talked about much because Maryland wasn't in the final four and not in that, like the big college buzz that happened when Caitlin Clark was doing her thing and LSU was doing their thing. Um, she was incredible last year and had one of my favorite draft night quotes of anybody ever. Which is, she just said, straight up said, like, I was lying when I said I wasn't thinking about making the jump to the WNBA all, like, all college season. Like, I've, I've been thinking about it and I'm ready to go. So that, that makes me very excited to watch her mm-hmm. play professional basketball this year, knowing that she's been gearing up for this for a while. No, absolutely. I, I actually really like that pick in a lot of ways. And I think it just goes beyond her being, you know, a topic. Where I'm interested in this is that if there are other, like, dark horse picks, Another one is on the links. I wouldn't be shocked to see someone like Dorka Juhas stand out. Um, I've got one other like super dark horse pick for this, just for fun. If no one else has one, you don't have to have one. I'm just going to throw out Lou Lopez Seneschal. Because I just feel like it. I just think... I just, just, I, I, just I don't know the, that she'll get the requisite playing time, but I just feel that's, something there. That. That's really what it comes down to so much with Rookie of the Year is... There's there's a lot of rookies with high draft capital. There's only really there's only yeah. one round of the draft that I think really matters yeah. for rookie of the year. Um, yeah, and most of those players don't even necessarily get playing time right away. So there's usually just two or three players mm-hmm. in the running for rookie of the year because they're actually out getting minutes. Yeah, um, I, I I fully agree. 
Uh, I'll say this on Boston. We can make this quick as we want to. I don't know that there's anything we can say about Aaliyah Boston that hasn't already been said. But um, when these drafts happen, and by that I mean drafts where there is an unequivocal top pick and someone who is coming in to be like a mover and a shaker in the league happens every few years. I think whenever that happens, in a way, like subconsciously, they're sort of at the start of the year handed the rookie of the year. Yeah. And they have to do something and someone else has to do something for it to be taken away from them. Yeah. Um. So that's the one you could call it cynical, but I just think like the clinical reason why it makes sense why it's leave Boston. But I think on top of that, I, for, for as much as I don't expect to see the fever be successful as a team this year, my hope and my prediction is that Boston will show enough promise that people may take more heart in the Atlanta fever than they have before by how they, you know, how she performs and what she puts together on the court. The, the Indiana fever. She, yeah. I, yeah. I, sorry, I said the wrong team, didn't I? You said Atlanta fever, but it's because we, we all want the fever to be elsewhere at this point. So I was, oh I, was just, I was just going to let it I'm slide. Sorry. But <laughs> no, I was like, I, I, I felt it in my brain that I messed up somewhere, but, um, and I think they also potentially taking heart because if they have a good performance out of Boston and end up, let's say in a 12th seed, and then let's say that their lottery keeps them in pretty good running for a potential hard draft pick. And then all of a sudden Indy, you know, Aaliyah Boston's now playing eventually with, I don't know, like Caitlin Clark or Paige Beckham. Oh man. The Philly uh, fever are going to be so good in 2025. They really, the Toronto <laughs> fever, it's going to be amazing. Um, no, it's, it's going to be something, but, um, but there, there you have it. Aaliyah Boston, Aaliyah Boston, Kyle is Boston as well. Uh, Aaliyah Boston Logan. So three ways and the diamond Miller from Jason, which I think is not a whacked out pick. I actually think it makes a little, there's some sense there for sure. So I like that a lot. Let's get into what I think will be a fun piece of parody potentially. And that's coach of the year. Um, I'll go ahead and start this one since I had you guys start the last two. This one's really basic. I'm taking Sandy Brondello. And yep. in a lot of ways, that's because they just gave one. Um, holy sh to Becky Hammond, my brain just shut off. It's 1030 PM where we're recording. Um, I just forgot Becky Hammond's name out of nowhere, but, uh, they already handed one to Becky Hammond, so might as well give them to the other one. But also, uh, this would be a marked improvement for New York if they come in. In a top two seed, as people are expecting them, that's a marked improvement with a lot of new faces. And to be able to put a lot of those new faces together as good as they are, uh, I think that says something about a coach's ability to find a system that works very quickly for them. And that says a lot about her. So I would put that camp in Brondello's name. And that's essentially where I go. Um, there's no direct feedback to that. I'll pass it over to Logan. Yeah, uh, I have Sandy as well. Uh, it just comes down to uh, kind of like Jason said with the MVP. I have a little bit of a formula when it comes to this and it's a lot just based on expectations and uh record compared to the previous year. Obviously expectations for the Liberty are sky high. So it's definitely possible that they could fall short of those. But last year they finished 16 and 20 just on the fringes of playoff contention. They actually had a pretty decent showing in the first round of the playoffs, but didn't really go anywhere. I think everyone has reached a consensus that already this is a top two roster in the league. And if that comes to fruition, it's probably going to be between Sandy and Becky Hammond. Um, 
I think there are other teams that could be fun surprises. There's one in particular that I think is going to see a significant improvement in record, but it's not going to mean anything when compared to the the Hammond and Brondello resume this coming year. Absolutely. So two picks for Brondello. Jason, how are you feeling? So I'm going to go, this will kind of give away, uh, before the show, we were talking about how I kind of had a number three. This is going to give that away. Uh, I'm going to go with Eric Tebow. Uh, yeah. I, nice. I Do think it. that the Mystics are going to, to end up third going into the seating. I, I think they're going to be kind of that one team that kind of rises above, above the rest of that four through 11 mess that, that kind of exists. Uh, and I think they're going to do it early in the season. I think they're going to be consistent. I think they're going to come out strong. Uh, Steve, you've already talked about Deladon, so I won't go into roster so much, but, um, and I think because they have a strong early part of the season, I think they're going to seem consistent. Uh, and, and I think that's going to, to play well. So I think that coach of the year is going to go to, to Eric Tebow. I like that a lot. I, I'll go ahead and blow the spot too and say that I also will have Washington in third since. That's part of why I've taken the taken Deladon and the MVP. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. One thing I want to add to that is on top of what that performance would mean. This is also on top of the fact that one of the most respected coaches mm-hmm. in the league's history, who also happens to be your dad, is your current boss. That's a really interesting amount of pressure to be playing under. Yeah. And to take that group to a three seat, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. So um, I, I like that pick, Eric Tebow. I like that one. Like quite a lot. Uh, Kyle, this is interesting. Uh, more parody here. Kyle's taking Kurt Miller. So this ties again to, I think the narrative is I, I see Kyle and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but that's literally what I'm doing. Cause he's not here at least yet. Um, but it feels like that he has a lot of stock in the sparks, which is really interesting with neck at the MVP, Kurt Miller, coach of the year. Um, Kurt Miller is no stranger to this award and a lot of buzz came about his move. So I, I could see there being some stock in that uh, around the corner. And if the sparks find themselves in a top three position, there is a discussion there. So again, I don't think it's necessarily out of the question and a decent pick, a safer pick than some might, uh, might think based on how this year may shake out. But, but I like it. I like the group we have here. So we got uh, two people picking Brandello. We've got, Kurt Miller, we've got Eric Tebow. This is a fun group. I, Any I am, last thoughts about coaches? I'm happy that we're kind of diversifying our portfolio of picks here so that our show, as a as a group, we can claim, like, <laughs> oh, we had that uh, for, for almost a third of the league. So <laughs> that's, yep. that's really helpful for later in the season. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's uh, move on forward to defensive player of the year. Logan, I'm going to kick it right over to you. <laughs> um, I think I've had Griner as my defensive player of the year every season until now um, that we've done this episode. And frankly, it's because when we first started the show, I didn't know who else to choose for defensive player of the year. Um I originally had Asia Wilson written down for this award because it's very easy to just put aces for all the awards at the end of the season. They're going to be so freaking good. But I wanted to have more fun than that. And I just want to talk about one of the players that I really adore on a team that I think is going to be really good. And that's Brittany Sykes. Nice. I, have, I have Brittany Sykes as my defensive player of the year. So I like that a I'm lot. probably not going to get any points for that one. But uh, 
I I wanted to zig when others would zag on at least one of those, and uh, this is this is where I decided to do it because I never get the defensive player of the award uh, of the year award right anyway. So Sykes, <laughs> I think without having the award, is it has been one of the best and most exciting defensive players in the league the past like three seasons. Mm-hmm. So for her to finally pick that up would actually be uh, a really awesome. Yeah, thing. All, all I'm saying is, and and by the way, I think uh, it was Winsider that called this out. I I'll have to remember what writer it was. I think it was Owen. Uh, she is the only five nine player in the league capable of blocking Brittany Griner. Um, so that's <laughs> if we see that yeah. at all this year, uh, that's that's if you're again if you're new to the league, you know some of the big names, not so many of like we'll call the medium names. She's one that I definitely would watch for this year. I like that a lot. Jason, defense player of the year. Uh, I am going to go uh, to the New York Liberty for John Quill Jones. Hey, just just to make it quick, so am I. So I'm excited <laughs> to hear what you have to say because I agree with whatever you're about to say. Uh, just I, I think that John Quill Jones had the uh, MVP not been part of the conversation. Uh, she has consistently put down one of the best defensive games for the last few seasons. Uh, and I think going to New York, having the spotlight on it, um, I think because MVP is not necessarily in the running because you've got uh, kind of this uh, Asia Stewie back and forth. I think that that's where the nod's going to be given is is at the defensive player of the year level, which she wholeheartedly deserves. So, yeah, those are just kind of my thoughts. I think it is kind of bonkers now that I'm looking at it that uh, she's never won the award. Mm hmm. Um, she's been all defensive second team. She's been two time all defensive first team. She's obviously, uh, she was the 21, yeah, 2021 MVP. Uh, she's one most improved. Uh, she's been all around as far as she was a sixth woman. Like she, she's pretty much gotten everything, uh, in her, this is her intercontinental title. Like this is everything, uh, under the sun outside of this, uh, literally under the sun. Um, and I think, her defensive prowess, given that she hasn't won defensive player of the year, her defensive prowess is why New York was very ecstatic to pick her up. Yeah. She's the transaction that people seem to forget compared to the fact one, you know, cause Stewie and Vandersloot happened at the exact same time. So I think in a lot of ways, those took up a lot of energy and we forget that another former MVP and dominant player and one of the best defensive players we've seen in a long time is coming to New York. And I think she's going to be one of the more stern needle makers because of what she could do on that side of the court. So that's why I went that way. Kyle, I love you. There's no pick that I'm more curious about and you're not here to explain it. Kyle is taking Brittany Griner for defensive player of the year. And I think it's just because he wants that documentary made. Yeah. Um, to see her come back and be as dominant as, as she's been. I think obviously if she plays at the level we've expect we've seen her play and know we know what she can do on the court, there's no question that that's in the running. Um, but as Jason, a point that you have made that I think we all definitely agree with is I personally don't care what her stats or prowess is. The fact that she's back on the court and she's where she is right now is really all that matters. But man, wouldn't it be cool to see this happen though? At the yeah. same time, yeah, I. I don't want this to sound like a criticism. I I kind of just mean this more as an observation than anything. I think if Griner has a great year defensively and she's in the running for defensive player of the year with lots of other qualified candidates, she will win it. Yeah. 
Like it's it's going to be so hard as a like if you were a voter and you looked at five names on a page and Griner was one of them for everything going on with Griner for the past year to not be the tiebreaker basically for you. Um, so if, I, I think if she's in the conversation, it's it's hers to lose because I think people like the narrative when it comes to the end of season award voting and stuff like that. That's not to say that she wouldn't necessarily be deserving anyway. And that I don't want to see it because she might be, and I do, but that's my, that's my sense is like, if she's having a top four or five defensive player in the league, like if she's all defensive first team, she's going to win the award basically. Does that make sense? Yes. I don't know if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Makes complete sense to me. So, uh, yeah, we've got Jason, myself, or John Cole Jones. We've, then we've got the Britneys, Brittany Griner, Brittany Sykes, who interestingly enough spell their name the same, which I like. It's a good year to be a Britney. There are a lot of ways to sell Britney. A lot of ways to spell Britney. Uh, if, if you didn't know, look it up. Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Uh, all right. Now we're getting, we're moving past our individual awards. If you're looking forward to hearing Sixth Woman Award or, um, which I'm interested to see if they actually end up, uh, obviously rebranding that award eventually, but, uh, the Sixth Award and the Most Improved. Here's the deal. That is a lose a crap shoot at this point. Yeah. In the year. I think we will revisit those awards mid season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we've gotten some mojo. Yeah. We'll give you an really update on who's in the running, but in the past, it's always just been like, Steve, what player do you like? Yeah. <laughs> when the sixth, Jason, who do, who do we like this the, year? <laughs> when we know who the sixth players are. Yeah. That'll, we'll be able to point that out more, but at this point, it's 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 kind of a crapshoot. So we're going to move on to the team level things. I'm going to jump in this real quick. We can make this one rapid fire. Let's get right to it. We'll give it as much attention as the WNBA's marketing seems to like to. <laughs> the Commissioner's Cup, uh, the Basketball Congeniality Award. Um, Logan, who do you have winning the cup? Uh, I have Vegas. So sorry that Bye. it's boring, but I truly. I know the Liberty are stacked. I think they're going to actually get off to a pretty mediocre start to the season just because I think it's going to take that team a little bit of time before they really start clicking. And the Aces are going to need no time at all. They're going to be the best team the first half of the season. I feel you there. Uh, Jason, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm going to go with the Aces as well. Uh, my spice is actually going to be that I think they're going to beat the Washington Mystics in the Commissioner's Cup game. Uh, I think Washington will be a little bit more consistent. 
I think uh, I think Logan, you just mentioned this, but the Liberty are going to take a few games to gel. Uh, the Commissioner's Cup really rewards early season consistency, so uh, I think it'll be Vegas over Washington in the Commissioner's Cup. I like that. Um, both Kyle and myself have the Liberty. I don't know. I'm fairly confident that they'll play the Mystics in this title game. I don't know for certain uh, because really, like, I haven't. I'm not as confident as you are to say, oh, they'll play this team instead. But I will say, uh, the they, they're going to be without their head coach for two games. We'll see if that bears any significance, um, and if they're going to be coming off of any sort of, you know, your classic late finals fatigue or anything like that. If anything like that plays a level of, sometimes we see this where a strong finals team that is taking on new players and trying to make them fit has any sort of sluggishness, they might fall out of the running. But at the same time, it it will be more so that we're going to see those teams play in this, the Aces and Liberty play in this game. And I'll take New York for this um, as far as that's considered. So we've got two for New York, two for Vegas, and we'll then move into our main predictions. Jason, I'm going to have you take the boot on this one because I have a feeling uh, I believe you're taking a different route to these predictions as I am, and I like what you're going to be doing a little more than what Logan and I are doing. Um, Logan, I'm going to give you the choice. Do you want to do your 12 to 1 predictions first, or do you want me to go first? Uh, I'll, I'll go for it. I'll try to set a foundation for us here that then you can, you can riff off of. Um, because I, I was telling everybody before the show, and I think, I think you guys agree. This is, I think this is the hardest I've ever had, uh, in terms of predicting like my eight playoff teams. This is the hardest time I've ever had. Um, yeah, going top to bottom. Seasons, yeah. seasons past, it certainly felt like here's the upper crust teams, here's the playoff teams that are going to be around 500 but good, and then here's just a couple bad teams that are going to bring up the rear. This year, trying to pick five, six, seven, eight is like, well, oh, I could see these teams not making the playoffs if things go bad. So, yeah. With that, I will kick off with number twelve per tradition, Indiana. Um, I, I legitimately don't want the fever to have to move. I think it's a tragedy anytime a team moves, but it just seems like every year, no matter what they do, it just, it's constantly a rebuild. We're, what are we, we're in like eight years of rebuild now. I keep losing track, but Aliyah Boston, I hope she has a great season. I really like a lot of the, I'm going to watch a lot of fever games. I like the roster there, but I don't think they have enough to be better than anyone else in the league, frankly. Um, Number 11 hurts even more. This is where I have Seattle. Uh, that's a big drop oh, wow. for the Storm. But uh, yeah, the, the Storm, who were 22 and 14 last year and a legit playoff team, I, I think it's their turn uh, to have just a, a complete down season where they have to retool. Um, that sucks because I love Jewel Lloyd and I think she's one of the stars of the league, but I think she's probably headed out after this year anyway. And this is going to be just a developmental year for Seattle. Um, it's going to be weird. We Since we've covered the league, we have not seen just like a really bad Storm team. Uh, and in that theme, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I, I hope this doesn't sound stupid, but Seattle is my 11. Connecticut is my 10. Um, mm-hmm. They're a completely different team than, we're, than we've seen over the past several years. The Kurt Don't Miller championship window era is closed. Uh, they are also just a team that's going to have to find a new identity and Maybe they have some some nice surprises this year, but I just don't see it, and I I couldn't bring myself to put them in the playoffs. Even I just I don't know what they're doing this year, other than planning ahead for the years to come. 
Uh, number nine, my my first team out, if you will, who will not be in the playoffs, and I feel like this is wrong. Uh, this is where I put Minnesota. Minnesota's got some good players. Uh, it feels like every year we expect them to finally bounce back and be really strong. And I think Nafisa Collier and Diamond Miller are a really good one too. I just don't. I don't know how much I trust them to to be consistent on the defensive end of the floor, and that's been their kind of their bug for a little while now. So I hope I'm wrong, but I've got them a nine. Uh, somehow, some way, the Dallas Wings, who I thought were going to be like my 11th seeded team this year, I have in the playoffs at number eight, yeah. <laughs> despite. Despite no Marina Mabry and uh, just really not doing anything different than they've done in years past. Um, keep in mind that last year, I think the... Uh, what was it? Yeah, Dallas made the playoffs last year as the sixth seed. And they were 18 and 18, so they were exactly 500. So you don't necessarily have to be a 500 team to sneak into the playoffs, which is, I think, I think what's going to happen here. I think they're going to be a game or two back. And for the I, for the record, I think probably four through ten is going to be extremely tight. It's it's going to be kind of a chaos end of the season, which should be fun. Um, seven, I put the Sparks. This seems high. It feels high. Originally, I was kind of trying to put them higher because I think they will have a surprisingly fun year, but they still have a lot of stuff to figure out. Sparks at seven. Uh, Phoenix at six. I don't have a ton of notes there. I think they're good enough to be 500, and that's exactly where I have them is the six seed. Where, where they were, they were miserable away from home last year, and they just had a lot on their plate that wasn't basketball related. If they just pick up a couple extra road games, they're going to be in the playoff mix. They'll be fine. Uh, this is the one that I'm like, ooh, they might miss the playoffs, and I might look stupid. But I have Chicago at five. I don't think. James Wade and Kalia Copper are five seed good, but they're really good. And a coach who's like a coach of the year type of coach and a star who I think is a superstar should be enough to have Chicago in the mix. And this is just where the chips fell when I was trying to arrange my rankings. So congratulations, Sky fans. I've got you at five. So I probably just screwed you out of a playoff spot. Um, <laughs> uh this is also a surprise. I have Atlanta at number four. Uh, I would like to ask you guys to join me on the Atlanta is going to be good and fun train. Uh, sorry, did I miss a pick? So you did your five? Oh, sorry. Yeah, Chicago got- at five. Um, Who is your six? Phoenix. Sorry, I, I didn't have a lot about Phoenix. Um, sorry, I, m- I must have missed that. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. So starting with the playoff the teams, I've got Dallas at eight, Sparks three. at seven. Phoenix is six, Chicago at five. Atlanta I've got as a top four team this year because somebody has to be four. And I think they're doing a lot of the right things. Uh, if nothing else, I, I agree with the Winsider article that has them as uh, perhaps the best league pass team this year. Um, Ryan Howard's going to be there in her second year. I don't know. I, I just think that they've got, they finally have some people in the front office and on the court that are doing the right things and turning that team around after being just, a train wreck two seasons ago. Um, and again, somebody has to be four. <laughs> so uh, here, this isn't going to be nearly as spicy a pick as I thought two hours ago, because it sounds like a lot of us are already kind of along this line of thinking, but I've got the mystics at three and I really gave them a shot at two um, because I think they're going to start out the year better than the Liberty and probably have like, they, they might, it might come down to a one game difference between 
the Mystics and the Liberty. Like, I think the regular season record is going to be maybe not like the Liberty might have a regular season record that is not as stellar as people think, but in the playoffs, I think they are going to be the team that people think. Um, but Mystics, Deladon, Tebow, you've heard it this whole episode. We're high on them. We like them. We, we've, they've got the best rebel jerseys of the new bunch. Uh, got them at three. Uh, I really did give them a chance at number two, but ultimately you just, it's hard to bet against Stewie going to New York and joining everything that's going on there. Um, that's why I've got Sandy as my coach of the year, Liberty at two. And then Vegas, uh, it's not very, it's not very flashy. It's not very exciting to pick the reigning champs as the number one, but, uh, I imagine it's not going to be an uncommon take to believe that Vegas did nothing but get better this offseason. And they've still got a great coach. They've still got Prime Asia. And that would be enough to get them in the playoffs and scary. And then alongside... I kind of made this joke earlier, but Kelsey Plum is legitimately like an MVP caliber basketball player who's just like one of Asia's teammates in Vegas. That's how good that roster Mm -hmm. is. So uh, that's my 1 through 12. I... I, we haven't talked about it before before the show or anything in the chat, so I legitimately do not know where you have your four through eleven, like either of you guys. So I'm excited to see how off uh, I am on those picks. I think the rest of it is probably fairly consensus, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in a similar note of I'm not sure, like if. Like, because I made a couple changes just now, and I'm not sure if they were influenced by you or if I felt them different. Because sincerely, going from about four to eleven, maybe five to eleven, I could see my four at eleven and my eleven at four. Like, who knows? Like, there's yeah, a lot. It, it's scary. Moving around. My, my personal notes on my own picks is I don't know why I have Dallas at eight when I think they got worse this off season. And I don't know how I feel about Atlanta and Chicago being my four or five, like firmly in the playoffs type teams when I, I think Atlanta is going to be good, but Chicago also is going to be a completely different team than we've seen in the past. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So a, a lot of interest there. I'll go ahead and dive this in. So we'll do regular season, like the 12 through one stuff. Uh, and then we'll go back around to do what we think the playoff final you don't have to like say all the playoff rounds, but we'll just oh, say yeah, yeah, yeah. who's in your final and who's going to win it all. So we'll end on that note, but um, I'll, I'll just give this a kick. I'll try to make this as snappy as possible. The Indiana fever is the 12th seed. They've given me no reason to do anything more than that. They've given me no reason to believe that they're going to win more games than they won last year, which was five. They've given me no reason to believe that they have any full and honest emotional investment in the future of this team based on how they have chosen their draft picks. I want to say that a player like Aaliyah Boston is enough that they wouldn't squander that pick immediately after taking them up. But after the last four years, I just can't say that. I have no idea uh, how they're necessarily running that team. Now, they may want to say that some of these players haven't been developing the way uh, that they've wanted them to. And that's a fever problem. That's not a problem on any of these players. Uh, and then after dropping a player like Destiny Henderson, I just don't fully understand what's going on here. I would like to see this team flourish. I would like to see a lot of high-level talent come out of here and see some things pick up. I think just about everyone in one way or another wants to see this team succeed because we don't necessarily want a team hit the pit of obscurity and run into problems, but you've given me no reason to believe in that, um, and that's unfortunate. 
So the Fever are going to be at 12. This is where things get really interesting. The Connecticut Sun I have at 11. Um, I think their drop-off is as big as any team we've seen in a very long time. I, you lost your head coach, who was kind of the core to making that entire roster work. You lost your MVP. I don't necessarily see this team being cohesive. Do I think they're going to be in the tank for a long time? Possibly not. I think there's potential for them to maintain some things. And they've picked up some talent that I think is formidable. I actually really like, for instance, uh, Beck Allen's one of my favorite players. Um, and, and I like the potential of what she can do over there. So there's going to be something there. Um, but I think for one, the nine through 11 are probably all going to be within like one to two games of each other for me. Uh, it's going to be a close run. And I think I see them on the outside looking in. I also have the sky with the big drop off. I have them at 10. I'm just not seeing Ooh. it when I look at their roster. It's uh, look at the, the core of that team and what's made that team successful is more or less wiped out outside of Kalia Copper. Now, is Kalia Copper the type of player that can work with Courtney Williams and Elizabeth Williams and potentially help that team pick up some momentum and do better and potentially make the playoffs? Yeah, it's possible. I'm just not feeling it. I think this is an outside looking in and is a really good case to see just how effective James Wade can be as a coach. And how he responds to this year's performance is actually what I'm most interested in. Not even necessarily this performance, but where we see things. Also, if this is their bid as the market closest to uh, Iowa City, if uh, this is their bid to take a backseat for a couple of years and suddenly be in the Caitlin Clark sweepstakes, mm. kudos to you. That's a good point. That's, a, that's actually a <laughs> masterclass. So uh, I almost expect them to intentionally take 12th in that case. So there you go for that. I have Storm just barely missing the playoffs at nine. Um I expect Jewel Lloyd to put in big numbers. I actually expect this team to overperform what some may believe. I think there's a lot of potential for them to make some things happen, and I don't necessarily see their gap between eight and nine being huge. But it's just really hard to believe that they're going to outperform when you are just there's so much of what's made the storm the storm over the years is, is now gone, and a lot of the spirit of that is gone, and it's going to be hard to see how that picks up. Um, very intrigued to see where Drew Lloyd responds to this. If they really try and put an honest effort to build a team around her, or if she's going to be living elsewhere next year, it's going to be hard to tell, but I do have them barely losing out in the playoffs. With that said, I have the sparks at eight, uh, only in an only just situation. I like the improvements that they're making. I don't know that they're enough to do much more than that, but they were in the tank last year. And so a playoff appearance, I think, is more than enough for them. Also, given all of the insane drama that's gone on in Aces Sparks matchup uh, or a Liberty Ooh. Sparks matchup are both pretty spicy in the first round. Who knows how that looks? Yeah. yeah. Uh, number seven, I have the dream. And about 10 mm. minutes ago, I had the dream at 10. So I don't know <laughs> how I'm feeling yet. But I gave this roster another look. I just kind of pulled them up again. And there's a lot to like about this. I'm going to say this. Atlanta might be the most fun team that isn't going to be considered a super team this year. They have just a lot of really fun talent. Um, that's on top of the fact that I expect Ryan Howard to potentially play at an all-star level. Um, Haley Jones, I wasn't high on as a draft pick. But damn it. The dream kept her, and not a lot of teams kept their draft picks this year. And I'm going to give that some stock, and I'm going to believe in Haley Jones uh, against my own judgment because they actually held on to her, and that's a good thing. Um, 
but I think you're going to see a lot more coming out of Eric McDonald. B-Rob is always a great veteran to have on your team. Shine Parker is one of the most underrated players in the league and has been for her entire career. Uh, one of the most underrated pickups of this entire season is Alicia Gray going to Atlanta, uh, which I think is huge. But the biggest thing that I think could help this team get themselves into an actual playoff position is the not official, but like the talent wise return of AD Durr on the court. Uh, because one of my favorite draft picks we'd ever have, I loved watching them play in uh, Louisville and in due to everything that they had to deal with, uh, that Durr had to deal with with sickness and COVID and not being able to, to play at a full level. I think this is a chance and I think it might have an impact for Atlanta. Atlanta's fun. And I think they have the potential to, to get somewhere in the mix. The Mercury's at six and I just, or sorry, dang it. The links are at six. And I think that's just because I've pretty much had them at six for the last four years, <laughs> right? Um, but that's a good team and a good roster. And, um, I, I expect a lot more just, I, I expect them to grow a lot more over the next couple of years. I just don't think Cheryl Reeve knows any other way to coach team. So. I could see them in a higher position over the next couple of years, uh, but I like the pieces of what they're putting together right here. I've got the Mercury at five. Um, it, that's another one that just kind of feels right and makes some sense. They were a five, by the way, when they were lost in the finals. Hmm. Hmm. I'm not taking the Mercury to the finals. Um, just to be clear, I'm not doing that. But I do have the Mercury at five. Um, I, I think they'll put some things together. I think one interesting sticking point, obviously, is how are we? How do we expect Griner to play on the court? But also, Skyler and Smith will not be apparent this year, so it's going to be an interesting case for them there. If you've been playing along, this is where it gets interesting. I'm scared. I've got the Dallas Wings at four. <laughs> this is where Logan and I are on a totally different I am scared. <laughs> I have no logic to fully explain this. You made the point that you thought their roster did get worse, and in some ways, yes, because... We all, I think, could be in agreement that we thought if you actually put a lot of energy surrounding Marina Mabry, this team gets better. And I agree with that. And I was really upset to see her leave Dallas. That said, I'm kind of in love with this roster. I kind of really, really? like a lot of what's going on. Yeah. And I think they're going to overperform. I don't know why. I don't know what to tell you. They have a former rookie of the year in Crystal Dangerfield. They're actually one of the most conveniently sized team. If they actually give uh, Seneschal some play, um, Natasha Howard has high potential to make some noise there. Then you look at Tierra McCowan. Tierra McCowan. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. McCowan. Satu Sobley's playing on. They basically took a lot of those like lottery first round picks that the other teams didn't invest in and then just took all of them. <laughs> We're building uh, the whole plane out of the first round. Including the a la queer who we haven't really seen perform yet and could be a huge, you know, a huge move for them. Obviously Maddie Segrist has the potential to make a lot of noise. We're not going to really see much of diamond to shields, unfortunately, but like this team, Ashley Jones, there's just a lot of cool potential in this team. And I guess the main question I have is, are Ricky Gumbawale going to allow that to grow and to work and to, to develop? And I know she's not the head coach, so that sounds funny. But is this going to be a case where she kind of tries to shoulder this entire team herself? Or is she going to try and elevate the rest of that squad? Because if they work, they're actually one of the best 
big teams size-wise and could be a defensively stout and could make some things happen. That said, my four could be an 11 and I wouldn't lose any sleep. It would be the exact, like I would expect the exact same. That's how weird that these predictions have been. But I have the wings at four for that reason. I keep looking at the roster and I just keep liking what I see. I don't have any stats to support anything. I'm just going off my gut here. The Mystics are at three for the exact same reason that everyone else has talked about it. I think if there's any team that is going to disrupt the flow of this crew, it's going to be Washington. Um, and I, I think Deldon can be a big push for that, but that's on top of some other built like building blocks that have been looked over. Natasha Cloud is a whole different Natasha Cloud than in 2019 and is going to stand up. I think Shakira Austin has the potential for an all-star type light performance. Do I necessarily think that means she's going to be an all-star? Not necessarily, but I think it's within the cards. Ariel Atkins has improved. Misha Heinz Allen has improved. Uh, you've got the return of Christy Tolliver, which basically means you've got the best assistant coach in the league playing on your roster. Amanda Zowie B is defensively stout. I like this team a lot. I think they're going to believe they can face up with any team in the league. They're going to be fun to watch. I have the Liberty at two for every reason that Logan said. I have the Aces at one for all the reasons Logan said. That's my 12 to 1. Very cool. I, I like it. I'm really glad we didn't discuss rankings before we opt on Mike. Because other than, like I literally filled out your 12 and your 1 through 3 before you even started. But I would I had no idea what teams you were high on, what teams you were low on. Um, and it definitely affects how I think about my own rankings now looking at yours next to mine. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm excited for Jason's to further uh, obscure what I think about some of these kind of mid-tier teams. Uh, well, I, I hope I don't. I'll, I'll try to go through each team. So I'm going to do this a little differently. And uh, I'm sending you guys a picture right now in our, our group chat. Um, I legitimately went through and wrote down my 1 through 12. And then just for kicks and giggles, because we've been having this conversation, I completely inverted my 4 through 12. And it seems just <laughs> as reasonable. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like I, <laughs> so, Jason. Oh, that's scary. Jason has a habit of going last when we record stuff like this, and always there's having also, a fun twist. There's, there's also one very, very specific note that I'm so excited to hear about, Jason. I'm just going to let you have the floor. You have as much time as you need. Go for it. So. Anyways, um, I will talk about each team briefly and kind of give some of my thoughts as to, to where they are and, and what, what my thoughts were in terms of my rankings. That being said, here's how I'm going to do my rankings. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I'm guessing you guys were responding to one of my spoilers. Um, yeah. at yeah. number 12, the 2024 Toronto Ice. Uh, the Toronto Ice, <laughs> currently named yeah. the Indiana Fever, uh, are going to finish in a dismal position, I think less than five wins. Tied for fourth place, I have in no particular order, Seattle, Phoenix, Dallas, Connecticut, Minnesota, Chicago, Los Angeles, and Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, you have to, you have to tell us which one you believe in more because I'm looking at these two images and one of them is very close to my rankings. <laughs> and I, <laughs> you want to know which one it is? I honestly, when you were like, Oh, I took one and I took one list for my four to 11 and then I inverted it. I actually honestly was ready to ask, wait, which one did you invert? Because like, yeah, they're, it really they're both is arguable. hilarious. Um, so th- as amazing. you guys see it, and, and as I'll announce it here, is my, my list that I put together. 
uh, is the one on top for you guys in the picture. So I have Atlanta at 11. <laughs> um, I, I think, I think I still hurt from 20, what was it? 2018, 2019 when they went from the number two team to absolute trash. Uh, and I, I have trouble trusting them. So that's maybe more based on my trust issues than anything else. Uh, I have Los Angeles. I talked about this earlier as at number 10. Uh, I talked about this earlier with Kurt Miller. I believe in Kurt Miller's system. I also believe that it is not a system that gets implemented in, in one off season. I think this is something that three, four years, he's going to be back in that perpetually hunting a title situation. I just don't think it's going to be this year. Chicago lost too much for me to believe in them. So I put them at number nine, uh, as kind of a first out. Uh, Minnesota, uh, just because they, they kind of fall in the middle of, of my thoughts. I, I think Cheryl Reeves great. I think they have some good talent on that team, but there's also nothing special going on. I've got them as kind of my last in. I see Connecticut falling. Um, I, I really didn't know what to do with them. They lost players. They lost a coach. Uh, but they were kind of like a, eh, for me, which put them right in the middle. Uh, I agree with Steve. I actually like Dallas's roster. I like some of the stuff that's going on there. I like their size a lot. Um, and sometimes when you're in these close games, uh, an inch or two really matters. And I believe Dallas has some really good size on their team. Phoenix, uh, there's going to be a lot of story going on there. Um, but the one thing you can count on is DT, uh, being consistent and reliable. And so for that reason, I, I, I don't think Phoenix will drop. Uh, Seattle, I just want to see, have fun. Uh, I know that there's a lot of hurt going on. <laughs> um, they, they lost almost everything. That being said, Jewel is amazing and I think can, can lead a team, uh, if she gets the right, uh, notes to play alongside. I don't know that that's the case, but I want it to be the case. So I put them at four. Uh, and then you go into the top three and I won't, uh, harp on the listeners ears too much because it's very much the same reasoning as before. Number three, Washington, number two, New York and number one, Las Vegas. Uh, and I am on the same boat with Logan. I think that New York, Washington's going to be close. I think Washington's going to be number two until about game like 28 to 30. And I think New York will jump them uh, towards the end of the season to get that two seed going into the playoffs. That's incredible. Um, So uh, th- that's fun. I, it's insane how different all of these are, but I think how plausible they are at the same time. I'm interested in the mystics piece. I really am intrigued. Even after record, I hope Kyle does in some way publicize what his 12 to one would look like. I'm, especially with how much stock seems to be going into the sparks for him. I'm intrigued by that. Um, now let's move on to kind of playoff predictions. I'm not saying you guys have to actually say who wins each matchup. Let's just go ahead and put it down to who we have in the final, who we have taken the championship. This may actually end up being boring to some people because I have a feeling we all probably have the same matchup. And I'm sorry. I, I tried to be like the Zag person in this and I couldn't. Uh, so I'll just go ahead and, and kick it off and then we'll, we'll go in, in uh, monitor order for the sake of me. Uh, I have the Aces beating the Liberty. I have the Liberty winning the Commissioner's Cup. Um, I think the Liberty will be in a situation where they're going to take that game uber seriously, and I think you're going to see a Liberty team as talented as they are right now can beat any team once. I think the Aces are road-tested and are in a better situation to win three out of five. So I have the Aces repeating. Also, a part of that is I just want to see a repeat champion (laughs) before I go into the ground. And we haven't seen one in over 20 years. And the Aces might as well be that team because they're that good. Uh, and they just picked up Candace Parker. And honestly, in my opinion, to a, a bigger extent, Alicia Clark, if you ask me, it's just a very good team. 
Obviously, the Liberty are going to be an incredible team as well, but I have them winning that. I don't know what the series will be, whether that's in four or five games, whatever, but I think you'll see a two-time champ. Kyle, for the sake of, of time, agrees with me as well. I don't know what his reasoning behind that is, and I hope to hear it soon because I think it's interesting. Logan, I'm going to pass the buck over to you. Actually, Jason, you went last last time, so I'll let Logan go last this time. Jason, uh, who? what's your finals matchup? Who's your champ? Uh, in the name of parody and doing something interesting, I've got the aces over the Liberty. Uh, it's not interesting or parody <laughs> at all. Uh, aces over Liberty, I genuinely think that's the, the league we're looking at this year is, is two super teams battling it out. Aces, aces, aces. Logan, what you got? I, I kind of have a rule where if I'm watching like a broadcast and everybody on the Thursday Night Football panel has a unanimous vote, I just assume like, all right, so we're missing something because sports like these are high level athletes competing their guts out. And there's no way that it's just going to be at least even on paper. There's no way it should just be unanimous ever. Um but as badly as I wanted to take first the Mystics over the Liberty in the semis, which I didn't, and then the Liberty over the Aces in the finals, which I didn't, I have the Aces over the Liberty as well. Uh, and I, I think now it seems obvious because they're the reigning champs and it just feels like they're the best team. I think by the end of the season, it will still feel obvious that we are just in the Aces era right now. Um, we've had, we've had Seattle eras. We've had Minnesota eras. We had the Comets. There's some teams have just like had their windows where nobody could climb the mountain with them. Um, maybe future years, maybe next season, the Liberty do it. Cause I think the aces are going to be good for a while, but this summer, I just don't see anyone beating them in a series. Um, and I, again, I, I tried to at least have the mystics in the finals to kind of mix it up, but I don't think any, I don't think anyone besides the aces are going to take out Stewie in a series. It's just, it, she's unguardable, and I, I think Vegas just has so much offense that they can handle the Liberty like nobody else can. Um, so I hope we're all dead wrong, frankly, because uh, not that it wouldn't be exciting to see that happen, but I just always get nervous when I see everybody has an identical answer to anything in sports because it's just never that simple. So uh, you can tell by the way we all picked. Like we picked one through three identical, but our fourth pick is literally like, like I picked a team that you guys don't even have in the playoffs. Steve picked a team that I don't have in the playoffs. Uh, Jason picked Seattle, who I have like the eleventh. Like <laughs> we think we know who's good, yeah. and then everything else is like ah, I have no idea. This is a weird year where the four seed became the so. Pick. So the truth is somewhere in the middle. Like we we maybe we have some idea, but maybe the the teams at the very top aren't so clear cut either. Uh, I, I just have a hard time. Like logically, I can't reason. A, like, I can't, <laughs> that's not a good sentence. I was going to say, I can't reason a reason for Vegas to not take home the championship this year. Other than yeah. they're going to win the commissioner's cup. And it feels like there's a curse on the commissioner's cup, but they did win it and the championship last year. So they've already proven like we can, we can do it. Yeah. Are they just that team? And is this, you know, I think this is interesting because um I don't even know if this becomes like a, oh, well, the Liberty are like the second fiddle. I just look at like the 2024 is just going to be bonkers all over again. Because by then you've got two seasoned high talented right. teams yeah, I, coming up against each other. I, yeah, I won't, I won't go on record now 
saying who's going to have more rings between Asia and Stewie because there's just a lot that can happen there. But it really feels like we are in the heart of the Vegas Aces era right now in the WNBA. And it's, I know it's been a while since a repeat champion, but I just, I, you know, <laughs> for for the sake yeah, of they're having, even, they're having yeah, a moment. even for the sake of argument, it's hard to say that a Liberty team who we haven't even seen on the floor yet can be one of the best rosters the league has ever seen. Yeah, they're they're absolutely having a moment, and I think it's you know it, it's intriguing and it's interesting. I think in our minds, this episode feels like it's ending on a boring note because we all agreed on the same pick and it's the same team that won the title last year. But if this were to come to fruition, as it looks like, it'll be anything but boring on the court. I think one thing we're one thing one thing that we're forgetting if we're looking at a year where the Aces potentially dominate and win the title again is that team's a hell of a lot of fun to watch play basketball. Um, you know, this is not. A, a knockdown drag out type basketball team. They're very dynamic and they're very good. Yeah. I think uh, the teams that are going to be really good are going to be fun styles of basketball. And then obviously based on our rankings, there's going to be some surprises too. And I'm excited to find out who those are. I, we need to come up with some bet for who finishes above the other between Atlanta and Dallas, because we could not be more <laughs> all over the, like I'm looking at our three rankings back to back to back and we're just, throwing darts badly <laughs> trying to figure out where those teams are going to finish. And then there's Phoenix just holding steady at five and six. Like, uh, yeah, but yeah, it's, I'm, I'm super pumped to find out if, if we're right about Washington. Um, I think we aren't the only show and the only people talking about how Washington is a little bit of a sleeper. So I hope that the expectations don't exceed what they're capable of. Um, it might be really interesting to see typically very good involved teams like Connecticut and Seattle and Chicago bottom out. We haven't seen that in several years. Mm-hmm. Don't know how that, you know, what the reaction to that is going to be. Um, yeah. and of course, everybody's confused about what the sparks are going to do. So <laughs> we've got that going for us. Yeah. There's a lot of teams on the rise. There's a lot of teams we've gotten very used to being good, potentially falling. This is very much a new face on this league and how it's going to look. And the hope is that that new face continues to shift by expanding the league and seeing some of that talent shift. What's going to be interesting is until that happens, because it's going to be a while until we see a a 13th or 14th team on the court, uh, is I think the Aces and the Liberty are going to be the narrative up until that point when you start spreading the the talent across 14 teams. and. that's going to be that narrative that I think picks things up. And I think that's going to be a pretty big deal. Logan and I talked pretty endlessly last week about the frustration that it felt like the WNBA didn't really try to expound off of the moment that the women's NCAA tournament Mm had uh, with LSU and Iowa and Clark and in South Carolina and all of this that was going on. Um, and they didn't really pick up on, on that level of things, but the one saving grace for it may be this incoming rivalry and what that's going to do to pick people up. Cause on top of it being a potentially high season rivalry for several years, it's also a collection of phenomenal basketball players, undeniably the players who they have a collection of eight to 10 players who are very much at the top of my list of if I have someone who's trepidatious to get into women's basketball, I would point to that player and tell you watch them. 
right? If I have someone who's like, I'm more into the NBA and I'm more about dunking and I'm, you know, I want to see this and that, go watch Adrian Wilson, go watch Bree Stewart, go watch Courtney Vandersloot, mm-hmm. go watch John Quell Jones, go watch Candace Parker. Like these are the players that you go like Kelsey Plum, like watch them play basketball and then tell me it's not exciting. I think it's going to be a cavalcade. Like it's going to be a good time. So I find that interesting. I'm excited to see that Liberty documentary that's apparently coming out soon, but I think it's premature. Um, it's just, it's going to be an interesting time. Yeah. I, we're fortunate that we live roughly a seven hour drive from Vegas and this year's Vegas roster and last year's Vegas roster are the type of teams that you're like, Hey, we're going to, at some point this summer, I don't know when, like we need to make the drive out there to see them. And I think it does wonders for the league as, as much as I hate when people say this about the NBA and I know why they say it, it does wonders for the league to have a team like that in New York mm-hmm. and in Washington and in Vegas. And I, I think that is exciting. We all want to mm-hmm. see the, the sport grow. We want to see people understand that it's like women's basketball is basketball and it's fun. Um, and so it's going to be fun to see some of the stars that maybe have some name recognition, like back on the court doing their thing this year. I think mm-hmm. Reiner and Deladon definitely chief among those. Absolutely. Um, I'll tell you what I'm most excited for as well when it comes to this potential matchup. Um, the fact that when the Aces and Liberty play in the finals, the Aces are going to put it in Vegas Jersey on their Statue of Liberty on the street. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. <laughs> and that's just going to be really fun. Oh, that's a great happen. point. Yeah. That's a good, that was a good time when they did that last and I'm excited for them to do it again. Um, I actually think like there needs to be a, a like a sort of monument deal. Where like if oh, New York a, a Statue of Liberty bet <laughs> takes it, yeah, it's like, that, there it is, right there. The winner gets the other Statue of Liberty. Like, just, I understand one is real and has prowess and meaning to people, and it would be disgrace for it to be removed. But if Vegas wins, they get the real Statue of Liberty, and if New York wins, they get this is the Look. worst thing I've ever said. Or maybe. Maybe they get something like like New York wins the MGM Grand or something like that. If they <laughs> they get the pyramid, we'll, we'll, we'll ship you the the tiny Eiffel Tower and the Stratosphere roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, like you you get the Stratosphere, you get the fake Space Needle, like or like you just get Siegfried and like you can have the Blue Man group, like they're yours. No, room. wow, like. Like they belong to you, and that's that's it. I don't know. I'm confident in the Aces winning the championship this year, but I'm not bet the Blue Man Group confident. <laughs> <laughs> that's my new. That's my official new. That's my new. Is that your final answer? My new like. Are you sure about that phrase? Like you bet the Blue Man Group on that? <sighs> like you. <laughs> but that said, I, I I'm looking forward to a very exciting season of basketball. It's always nice to have games up and running again. Because now we actually get to talk about real stuff and real basketball happening on a basketball court, which we haven't been able to do since late March. Um, and so it's it's going to be a good time. So if you're listening to this after Friday, you've already seen the first stretch of games. But games kick off on the 19th. Um, I believe the first game, I mean, it's not technically televised, but Connecticut and Indiana, hey, look at that, will be kicking off 7 p.m. Eastern Time. We've got the Liberty in Washington, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Chicago, Minnesota, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Phoenix at Las Vegas uh, will be on ESPN, I believe. That'll be at 11 o'clock Eastern. 
Uh, and then just a whole weekend full of, full of games. Get into it. Get excited about it. Watch everything. Take it all in. And we'll be right here next week ready to talk about all of it and then some. Uh, because it's finally basketball time. Let's do this. Let's get into it. Until then, thank you so much for listening to this prediction episode. WNBA Nation, I'm Steve Schwartzman. I'm Jason Snow. I'm Logan Jones. And we got you next time.